This is Tomorrow's Bite Podcast, the podcast where Andres and I are diving with stunning guests into their story, challenges and opportunities, all backed by food, allowing us all to get inspired, get more knowledge and grow. And today we talk about... And during COVID I already thought, is this how I want to continue or yeah, what what, what do I really want? And you see lately there's also especially in maybe startups in in food tech forget sometimes to answer the question um, what is their need and are we addressing that need it's better to have a huge impact in a small community first than than having no impact in a big community being outside gives you the freedom also to do stuff. Being in a corporate uh, sometimes uh, good ideas get killed through the system. This was a stunning conversation inside the world of marketing and leadership. Elisa showed her expertise on the current marketing strategies and how startups can differentiate themselves more to succeed. We all know that lots of companies are entering in saturated markets with their products and only a few become big. Besides that, Elisa shares openly her personal and professional journey so far and her advice to the next generation and to the leaders in this world. So please enjoy this episode as we did. So without further ado, I am Andres Antondura. And I am Jacques Funko. And this is Tomorrow's Bites. Elise, welcome to this podcast of Tomorrow's Bites. Um, what do we need to know about you to understand you as a person and your current mission better? Oh, where should I start? Um, if you if you take it from a professional point of view, then I've worked my whole career in um, in the food industry in big corporations. So I think, yeah basically that's still young when you start so that's where I developed my passion and interest for for food and that's of course also with that your knowledge and your yeah your experience and your interest and your curiosity for food builds year on year so that's um, that part I think more on a personal level I've always um, um, I think from when I was young I've always been a driven high energy person so if i wanted something i i i did my best to uh, to uh, to find ways to uh, to achieve things or um you know if there were some obstacles i tried to try to get there so i've always been yeah driven not by um external things but i think mostly by internal yeah an internal fire yeah for example um I've always been curious to go abroad. I think from a very young age, I had an uncle, and he um, he was um, a very interesting man. Spoke seven languages, and he was uh, yeah. He had also a background Italian, American, all nationalities. And I remember as a small child that I was always fascinated by this uncle and his stories. Since then, I also thought uh, that the world is a big place, and try to. Um, yeah, see how I could discover that. So that is something that I, I had from a young age. And what I said earlier, when I wanted something, I, I would always try to find a ways. So 
are there certain moments in life that change your perspective in food in general and its challenges? Yeah, so um, what, what I said before is when I was young, uh, in itself, thinking about the future, I wasn't realizing, I wasn't thinking I was ending up in food. But um, when I was young, my, my, my perspective on food changed in that sense that um, um, in the family, my, my brother had to change his diet uh, quite uh, drastically uh, for health reasons. And uh, as a child, I learned in that way that uh, food plays an important role also for health. And, um, and, and, and that it can really be a medicine in that sense. And through my career working in, uh, in, in, in baby food, where food is so much more than just nutrition, it's also love. And uh, you see that as a mother, what you give, uh, the food you prepare for your kids is not just the ingredients, it's the love you give them. And that makes, um, and, and, and I learned that more and more, uh, working also with consumers, when you work in food, it is all about touching basically life. Food is life. Food is love. Yeah. And it's not just a, a combination of ingredients and a, and a claim on a packaging. So I think that's that's what I saw in, in, in my first job. I worked also in, in, in baby milk when you talk about birth and um, yeah, it doesn't get more personal and 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 sort of uh, closer to to people than those kind of trigger moments when you really reassess your uh, eating habits. And when I worked on yogurts, you learn about the microbiome, the the, the gut health, uh, the importance of food on that aspect. So basically. With every job, I learned more and more about food and got also more and more fascinated about uh, about the aspects of uh, of food and, and the role it plays in our life. And looking to your uh, current career, uh, in January 2022, after working for uh, corporations uh, in the food industry, you take a career break. And that is super interesting because you decided to focus on your personal and professional development with even a focus on the transformation of the food system. What was, how did this happen? What was the trigger of this break? Yeah, I think that the, the, the key trigger for, for my break was probably COVID or the first time that I thought, um, how do I want to continue? And before COVID, uh, I was uh, working internationally also, had to travel and um, so you, your life is fast-paced and you, you don't have a lot of time to think about things and you're just on a, on a train that is running. I want to continue or, yeah, what, what, what do I really want? Um, I, I realized that it was impossible to answer these questions while working. You know, um, I also have a family. And, yeah, when do you have time to think about it? So I, I took the step to, to take a break. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, it doesn't really happen. I remember the, the, the first day I, I, I was on this break and I had to, I was, I was living in Germany at that point and I had to call or I had to call someone or I had to write something down and then you need to put your beruf so that's your job. And I think one of these things, uh, there wasn't, wasn't a box for, sabbatical or something which sounds better so the only options was arbeitslos which means like 
yeah, without a job, which which wasn't really the case. But it, so it was, uh, yeah, a, a time where yeah, you really had time to to think about things. And I already had a fascination for for food tech and developments in food and. So I started to, to spend my time uh, going to these kind of uh, conferences, food tech conferences. The first one was in San Francisco. Um, at that time, you could also join online. So that was my first one. And then there were conferences in Wageningen. Or I, I tried to build my network and learn uh, about different things. And that's also the time where I became a mentor for, for Style Life. Um, so working really closely with uh, with uh, with different startups, and really, yeah, I was fascinated by um, what all these startups are are doing, but also learning a lot about uh, what else was going on in the food system and how we could have an impact. So, I that made me realize I really wanted to work on accelerating these solutions in what way or i didn't know in what form or what what way but the the yeah, the topic really interested me and um the other thing that's more on the personal level but could also be interesting is uh, as i said before i have this sort of burning firing inside me to 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 go after things and I also learned uh, during this time that it's actually okay to slow down. Until that moment, I always thought that slowing down was basically a waste of time. So I, I wasn't very good at that. Uh, but I, I learned really that uh, some things or some processes, also in your personal development, you cannot you cannot force, you cannot push them. So sometimes you, you cannot find an answer just by concentrating harder or okay I need an answer sometimes it needs to grow in you and it needs to develop so um, that's maybe on a personal level what I've learned um, that that and, and I think that's also important maybe for you know people working in a startup or achieving trying to achieve their their goals and it's all go 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 uh, and and sometimes it's good to to slow down and 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 reflect and see is this the right step to take or should we go another way or um, yeah so so that's uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm perfect at it yet but uh, I've definitely learned it and uh, also um, basically because I saw the the value of it so to say yeah. They also say that people that are creative, they need to have some time off to see the end again, the solutions that they can create. And that actually comes to a bridge to you. You, you are, I have a background well established in marketing, right? Mm -hmm. So we yeah. can say that you're a creative person in that sense. Yeah. But how did you actually end up in marketing? Um, yeah, I, I, I studied business economics and there were four, uh, four areas and, and one of them was marketing management. And I, I always had, was mostly drawn to that, uh, topic. Um, so I, it's something that I, I graduated in and, or where my master was on and, and, um, um, yeah, so I started my, my. Basically, uh, my, my career started more or less in, in marketing straight away. And now with the, uh, all the years of experience 
and with years of marketing experience at the big corporations. How was marketing developed in all these years? More the broad lines you can mention again. In the... Yeah, I think, of course, a, a big change is, is the role of, uh, of, of digital uh, that made on one hand uh, made it easier, makes it easier to target. But on the other hand, uh, the landscape to, to reach people is way more complicated. Eh? So when I started, uh, you could reach people by uh, TV or radio or billboards or um, I started in the baby industry. You had these baby boxes. Was even even more. It was even the, the start of all CRM systems and and actually targeted marketing because uh, women that were pregnant could sign up for this box. So you had their names and you could even send them direct mail. Uh, so it it was basically the most targeted marketing you could imagine. Um, but it was fairly. Uh, clear the landscape and of course now um, it's way more complicated to reach people because there are so many messages and to to break through that clutter um, is way more complicated and but I think the essence of marketing um, still remains the same right that you want to um, uh, change people's behavior yeah? so you you identify um, um, a need you offer a solutions to these consumers and you want them to go for that and in that way you try to influence their behavior and 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 so that hasn't changed it doesn't mean that um, um, I have sometimes the sense that 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 essence of marketing also gets for, forgotten yeah? that that it's all about oh yeah we, we we're just yeah I, I tell a story about myself but it 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 doesn't mean that uh, the essence of trying to influence someone's behavior is really is really achieved. Uh, so, so a good example. So when I started, it it was really all about the consumer. Uh, that was your main focus. And um, you see lately, there is also, especially in maybe startups in in food tech, there is a, a lot of focus on 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 the planet. Yeah. And what what you can see is that in some occasions uh, they forget actually who is the target, who is the consumer, why are we doing it, where are we doing it for, and basically forget sometimes to answer the questions, the question, um, what is their need, and are we addressing that need? So I I went to the um, Anuga um, in uh, in um, Cologne, which is one of the biggest food fairs. And you see so many products. It's it's overwhelming, overwhelming. If you walk through hole by hole by hole, and you're you can walk for I don't know how long, and you you realize is everyone aware of what need are we solving, and are we really addressing a consumer need, or are we doing something because we can do it, or because we have the ingredients, or because I am passionate about this product, or because I want to change the world, which is all good, but in the end, marketing is about reaching your audience and trying to change their behavior to to to, to buy your product. So I, I think, um, yeah, after sort of when I started was definitely consumer centric focus. Um, um, then I think you, you get also companies focusing on, on 
the planet. And I think in the end, we have reached now a stage where um, it should be both. Yeah? You, you cannot think about consumers or about yourself or your product without having the picture, bigger picture in mind. But you can also not think about that without the need that consumers should have or, ha or have, sorry. So a good example for me are solar panels. The, the, the way it's such a success uh, in the Netherlands especially is because there is a bigger picture. Yeah, the, the, it's good for the environment. But in the end, consumers do it because it saves them money. And, and it takes only a couple of years be, before they, they uh, have their investment back and uh, it saves on their energy bills. So it works because it's doing both. And if if there wasn't something in it for the consumer, it, I'm not sure it would be so successful. It, it, people are not doing it only for altruistic reasons to, to save the planet. And, and we know that that is not the... Uh, for most consumers, not the key driver. Yeah, it is. It is important, and for some groups, it it is a is a key driver. But in the end, yeah, it's important that as so you that that there is a collective benefit, but foremost that there is a benefit for the for the consumer. I wanted to to do a question that it was uh, uh, regarding you. We were mentioning like that you go to Anuga is full of. Uh, food products uh, with now a really uh, common uh, mission no? that normally is uh, save the planet, everyone, their own way. But uh, in my opinion, sometimes it's like that there is too many that they just repeat, uh, like uh, like ideas that, that they are not unique in their sense. And, and you know, this is a super competitive uh, industry. So, for I don't know, maybe also looking into the these new products, these new companies, uh, how do you identify and leverage new unique selling points for products, or or how do you think that companies shall do an approach in this sense? Well, it's basically what I what I mentioned before. It starts really with: Are you serving a certain need or or something? Huh? Are you are you serving a are you fulfilling a need for the consumer? Is there something that this product offers to them? Um, and that could be a, a need in a functional sense, like I, I, I have a, oh, you know, I wish I, there was something to help me with X, Y, Z, but it can also be on, on a brand level. So sometimes you have a, a product that in itself is not that different, but then the brand experience can make it unique. You know, and and that's of course difficult because when you start, um, it's difficult to build that, uh, and, and and it doesn't go overnight. And um, yeah, when you um, when you walk on this the food fairs, you see some brands where you think, wow, you know, uh, um, great, great. You know, you you realize ah, they're they're onto something. But but you see also, I was once in a in a in a little food fair in the south of Germany, and I think every single stand there had a a, a, a sort of vegan protein bar. And I I just thought, yeah, how many vegan protein bars do we need? And there, I I think if you if you don't have something that really sets you apart uh, in 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 what way or or the other or being excelling in in taste or 
the brand experience or something, then it's it's very difficult. And of course, the the failure rate in food is also very high. And 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 um, yeah, it, it is important that you also should not forget that the, even the fact you have a fantastic product, uh, you worked it all out, it looks nice, uh, even you thought about how to market it or how to make people aware of the product, um, it's still, yeah, there's a big, it's a big market out there. And it's not that when people go to the supermarket that they're, you're full of your product, right? Because you worked on it for so long, but it's not that, um, uh, yeah, people, and, and I was looking for someone that I, I knew was, was, was there and um, I was really making an effort to see oh, which hole and, and oh, which stands and I was really trying to look for it and it was difficult to find them. And then I thought, yeah, now I know I'm on a mission to try to find them. But if I wasn't on a mission, then I would not find them uh, on this hole. And it, it's in a way the same in the supermarket. People are on a sort of repeat uh, session when they go to the supermarket. They have their set of products and they don't have a lot of time to make a decision. So, um, and, and now I'm talking about the supermarket could be anything, could be an app you're developing or, or, an, an, or whatever you, you do. It's not that because you are so full of it that, that people can find you. And therefore it's, for me, it's, it's crucial that, um, that you think about the, the basics of marketing in that sense, which is, you know what 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 sets me apart am i fulfilling a need um, um can i is there a way i can change people's behavior to buy this product do i and then of course it gets to the full marketing mix do i have the right price is it the right packaging can i reach them in a certain way do i have the right quality does it in food particularly is it does it taste nice i mean yeah we almost forget it sometimes but even the word when you think about food tech, yeah, it, it doesn't sound like food anymore. Huh? So we shouldn't forget that that food is, in the end, uh, taste and experience. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think these basics are also critical to, to make it work. Uh, and, and sometimes that comes with experience. And uh, um, to give you an example, also in one of these fairs, I saw something that was, I don't, can't remember what it was exactly, but it had to be refrigerated and it was just a cart. And I don't know if that was a dummy or the final product, but you need to realize when you put it in the, in the fridge in a supermarket, it, it gets wet. And, and so it needs to be a certain packaging also that can absorb that stuff. And I looked at the packaging and I thought, it looks nice, but after one day in, in a fridge in a supermarket, it will, it will be destroyed. So um, it, it is also about executing it to perfection, basically. Well, I was wondering, like, if, if you're a startup, you have a limited budget, right, to spend mostly. And marketing can be in the food. It's a big deal for a lot of companies. It, it costs a lot because also it's a very competitive market. What advice would you give then to startups in that sense? Yeah, I th I think of course you you have to um, you have to do it different than big corporations do it. I mean, when I was uh, in in the corporate world and we would launch stuff, there was a big marketing budget behind, um, and and you don't have that. And you should also not 
underestimate that yeah the, 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 it is it is a cluttered landscape with with all kind of information getting at consumers so i um i heard a story i don't know them that well but i heard a story about the, a brand i think they might be in the netherlands but i think their base is in the uk a brand called tenzing i don't know if you heard about them um it is a it's a natural energy drink and uh, the owner um was at the fi uh, conference last year and he told about it and i thought it was very interesting so what his experience was he was already starting to build a community before he even launched the product so uh, sometimes you think so much about the product and it needs to be perfect and then oh yeah at the end uh, how do we reach people but he was already actively working on the community before uh, he launched the product and their their whole positioning was around um, um, so the, the name Tenzing Tenzing was the if I'm correct, the the name of of one of the of the Sherpa that was the first to to reach the Mount Everest top, so that's where they got the name from. And so it was all about clean air and achievement and energy you need to to achieve things. So sport and hydration and and energy that's that's kind of their domain. So they really claimed uh, the territory of clean air and they build a community. And then at some point. Um, they they linked it to Strava and they they developed a, a clean air running zone or something so that you could identify in London. They were based in London. What are the clean areas in London where you can run? And that was linked to Strava. And I, listen, I don't work for them. I, I don't know the full story. Maybe if I if I tell it wrong, they they can correct it at some point. But what I found interesting is. There was a whole story around the brand already. I think by that time it was already launched, but there was a way to build the brand in different ways through a community that was already built before the product was launched. And what he also said that that really stuck with me was um, it, it's better to have a huge impact in a small community first than than having no impact in a big community. So they built this community of 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 people of runners and and linked to this image of clean air and himalaya and achievement and energy that that was really standing for the brand and then th this group of runners and looking for the clean air in london was growing and growing and that's how they created impact um so it's it's just a smart way of doing things different not having all the budget that maybe big brands have but do it in a way that that, that sets you apart. And what I also liked about the story is that it 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 um, it all links together. So you have a brand name that's linked to this mountaineering and to 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 active uh, active lifestyle and clean air. And then you 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 had that it was also about naturality and sustainability. Then they looked at the packaging that it works worked in this space and their whole mix with this story and Strava. So it, it everything linked together. It's not that, that that something wasn't working. So I think when you're a startup and you don't have all the, the money yet, make at least sure that everything works, that you have the right price point for your positioning, that 
when you say your um, um, your sustainable brand that you that that you go out of your way to find the right packaging and not put it in whatever packaging you find that that is not credible for your brand. Um, so, and this is some of the basics that need to work because their followers, the the consumers that will buy, they will say, yeah, but you you say you're so this or that and but you make these products and how does that work so um that also means that to certain things you have to say no to stay true to to what you believe in or what is your story and and that's not very different from marketing in in big corporations it's the same there you also need to choose you cannot as a brand do everything you want there's certain things that fit your brand and other things that don't fit your brand and that's not very different from from a startup but to reach people you you will need to find creative ways and i i like that tensing story because um uh, i don't know how much money they have but it wasn't built from a sort of corporate mindset of we we put millions behind it that was not the case but they they created a story that that or they it it's not that they created the story. It was their brand, yeah, essence and and heritage that um, they found a, a good way to to amplify that through this clean air app or or, or app, yeah whatever it was within within Strava to um, to get runners through these places and then people started to talk about it. Oh, you should run there because there is clean air and. I think that it was a clever way to do it. So you need to find a spot that fits what your what your brand is stands for. This is a really nice example, yeah? and, and I think it's a really nice insight that you gave there. It's like a small community, big impact, really, really nice. But aside of these uh, startups or these smaller ideas, it seems like uh, to address the, the climate or the health. Uh, a healthy food debate or issue uh, it's not it's, it's not a matter of these small initiatives but this is probably like a more global and and more uh, uh, something that the consumers in general will have to address but w what is your perspective what do you think people right now it seems like uh, it's not changing uh, their behaviors to to address these 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 changes uh do you think the consumer does not care or is simply simply that the consumer uh, talking the majority and in general the consumer does not is not aware uh pooh that's that's a very complex question with a lot of different answers i i think the first is that things take time changing consumer behavior ch t takes time it's it's not that people change their behavior overnight. And I think if you look back to five years ago, then definitely already a lot of things changed. I mean, the, the role of plant-based food in society is already way more accepted and normal than it was five years ago. Um, so so that that's one thing. You, you might not see it overnight, but when you look back, so in three or five years' time, things will also look different. So it takes time to to, to change consumer behavior. It's also that um, um, you need certain critical masses. Eh? You, you see it already on plant-based milk, which has already uh, reached uh, quite a big uh, size. It's not niche anymore. That at certain point you have a critical mass and then it's also available everywhere and people start to accept it more and more. And then 
then then then things accelerate as well. Uh, when you're still in this niche phase, um, it's it's of course uh, much more different. And um, I, I I heard the story of uh, a professor is, who's working on these all these transformation. Uh, Jan Rotmans, he's, he's working in in uh, Rotterdam, and he also said that you know when you look back on the whole smoking uh, 50 years ago um, there was cigarettes everywhere and everyone was smoking everywhere and um, at some point it became less socially acceptable to to smoke and then after that the government also interfered with uh, with uh, or intervened with with all kind of measures but that actually came after there was already a bigger social group and peer pressure and things that had already moved in a certain way. So um, I think when it when, when it is about climate measures, you, you cannot expect the consumer to solve all the problems that will not work. Yeah, You cannot say, okay, you figure it out because um, uh, people look also at price now with inflation. People are even more concerned about price and economics. So you you cannot expect consumers to solve all the problems, and and therefore um, th there need to be also. Uh, I believe we we cannot achieve everything without certain measures or government interference. Or uh, the same is true. There's of course also still you, you could say a health crisis. Eh? More and more people get overweight. Uh, it's not like uh, we have it under control, so to say, and a lot of diseases are linked to to bad bad nutrition. And on one hand, you can say, yeah, the consumer they should solve it, but if the offer in the supermarket is not healthy, it's very difficult to offer. If you go uh, on a train station and you try to get something that is a bit sort of healthy, it's very difficult to find it. So. Um, if we want to change consumer behaviors, there there needs to be some level of um, uh, change in 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 in. I mean, uh, regulations can change, tax can help. You know, there's of course the debate of uh, of um, um, uh, VAT on on fruit and veg. Uh, there there's there's certain ways you can intervene, but also uh, the amount of food we offer and. What people are exposed to and and what you can find, so it's it's complex. Eh? It it is a transformation where different things uh, play a role and and where it's not only up to to the consumer, but on the consumer side, I'm also hopeful that you know it, it things evolve. Even if 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 now uh, maybe growth rates are slowing down, but there's there still we we're still further than we were a couple of years ago. So. Quick one, we are amazed by the rapid growth of our group and its global reach. Additionally, we've noticed that most of our listeners don't follow us on Spotify. We'd like to propose a deal. If you could kindly hit the subscribe button, we'll tirelessly pursue our mission of bringing you inspiring stories and insights from esteemed guests in the world of food. Your support means a lot to us and will help us expand our team and bring in incredible guests to the podcast. That's all we're asking for. Thank you a lot. And now please enjoy the second part of the podcast. And talking more about the future, how in your perspective will the future of marketing looks like? 
I cannot tell you what uh, all the technological impacts are because I think with AI, uh, I'm, I'm not an expert on that field to tell you whatever is possible there, but it, it will, of course, impact marketing also. But more from uh, the role of marketing, I I hope that we... We also get a debate of, I told at the beginning, marketing is all about changing consumers' behavior. And I think we, you read, not, not a lot, but there is this thought of demarketing as almost the same as the, I don't know if you're familiar with degrowth, eh, where it's about, well, maybe in certain areas of the world, we don't need the same level of growth and other areas of the world, of course, you need growth. But but demarketing is also like should we in marketing always push demand and change behavior for stuff that is maybe not so healthy for the planet or uh, where we don't need stuff for or um, can marketing play a role to um, get people to reuse it longer or to uh, of course everyone knows this Patagonia uh, example I don't know if you're familiar with it how they say don't buy this jacket. And it's all about you can repair your old jacket. But marketing is all about changing consumer behavior. And I believe that there is an important role for marketing to play also in how can we help people to think differently about their choices, to make different choices, to help them to not only go for more and more or uh, to focus maybe on categories that really make a difference or products that really make a difference. So, um, yeah, sort of discouraging uh, things that don't help, but encouraging behaviors in an area that will help. And that's, of course, also the, Marco, the, the, the role of marketeers. And I, I think for marketeers, you, you need to also ask yourself, am I working on something that makes things less bad? Or am I working on stuff that makes really things really good? And I think that's a personal question that everyone uh, can answer for themselves. But I believe marketing can play an important role. But there's also a responsibility. Yeah, just, and we, we know that there is a limit to growth. So in that sense, uh, marketing needs to follow that. But there will, of course, a lot will change in marketing and, and all the technological changes you you need to ask an AI uh, expert. I, I think they'll they'll know what's coming our way. Yeah. In your work, in your career, you also have assumed have assumed the role of of a leader. Uh, what are the main lessons that you learned uh, in this position? A lot, uh, basically, especially uh, when you get more experience and look back, you think, oh, um, just because you get promoted doesn't mean that you, you really know all about leadership. And the more you get experience, the more you also learn. Um, but it's also something you, you, you should develop yourself in. Right? It's, it's not that, that just by because you're being promoted to a certain role, you know, all about leadership. But I think for me, um, uh, what I learned um, is that um, you're, you're, as a leader, you're only as good as your team. And that sounds a bit cliche, but it's really true. And I think when you're a young leader, or when I look at myself, I try to compensate 
for everything. So if the if something wasn't really working, or maybe you know the, the things had to be changed in the team to to fit the task that we had to do, I was trying to compensate for it. Um, but you're only as good as your team, so you need to make sure you you have the team uh, that is fit for for the tasks. And, and I think especially also I can imagine when you're a startup and you, you 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 go to the next phase and you're still so involved with the product and um, then then it's critical to find the right team and 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 you realize you're only as good as your team so really put effort in getting the right people with the right experience and um, uh, find people that are not the same as you but people that are really different uh, than you so so that that was something that I really learned but but ultimately it works best and 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 that you realize mostly when like in times of covid when things are complicated and all of a sudden you need to work on online and you have a team behind that it's all about the people and the trust in the team that it's critical to create that and and you need to create that when it's when times are good so that when times are complicated like COVID you, you, that's not the right time to build it it should already be there and invest in people so that they want to work and follow you and 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 and, and the role of a leader is of course also to inspire the team to to give them a, a vision they can can they can follow and, and that they they want to follow and I believe that that's more and more important also for for young people entering the workplace uh, the, the the aspect of what companies do I want to work for? Um, what what wh where do I want to give my energy? Yeah, is is more and more important. And as a leader, it's your job to 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 create that vision and create a safe place for for people to work. I believe as well that the culture is becoming more and more important. That's also um, that, and also that people resonate with the culture that you're establishing, and that as a leader. You have a profound role in that sense. We normally assume that actually a leader institute an example for others, right? You already mentioned that. But what are personal values that are important for, from your side to be a good leader? Um, yeah, you, you're, uh, it is about, in the end, it's about... Um, um, well, I, I mentioned trust. It's, it's, it's very important for me. And, and also, I believe doing the right things. So, uh, And doing the right things is not always doing the easy things, also not as a leader. Uh, so sometimes you need to take decisions that are not nice. And, 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 and when you're just starting, they're painful and you try to avoid them. But you need to do the right things that, that, that are good for for the business, uh, but but also good for you. But at the end, you you learn also over time. It's not about you, right? You you want to create. You you have a, a mission as a as a company or as a brand what you want to achieve, and you need to give people the trust and the space to 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 deliver towards that and your goal is to to guide them to support them and to inspire them um, those for me are the most important things hmm. now moving uh, to the future of food what is your perspective on it what is the what is your 
what is your perspective on the f uh, future of the food system and what will be the role uh, or your role as a change maker in your company if it yeah I, I i think also the future of food is such a big big topic as well i mean where to start but what is clear is that uh, um, food has such a big impact on uh, uh, in terms of CO2 emissions, in terms of um, the fact that it's part of everyone's life, in terms of that we need to feed the, the planet, that uh, we're expected to grow to 10 billion people, um, that we know that climate change has an impact on how we grow food, um, that water will become more scarce, that we are um, um, seeing biodiversity loss, that there are issues with our soil, um, uh, that of course uh, we need to transition to a more plant-based diet um, um, in terms of these emissions that mainly come from, 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 from uh, meat, but also animal protein in, in particular. Uh, we need to address waste. Yeah, a third of everything we produce, we, we throw away. So there are so many different topics. And what for me is important is that um, we no one can solve this alone. And there needs to be way more collaboration. And also sometimes I think the role of startups is very important because they accelerate stuff, they bring things to the surface. But I also believe there is a role to think about the full system, not just one aspect yeah, but but you can talk about soil, but it's not only about the soil because what affects the soil affects also water yeah, and, 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 and where we grow things, um, diversification of where we grow things. We cannot concentrate stuff. I mean, we saw it, yeah, Murcia in the south of Spain is a, is a hub for a lot of vegetables. Um, and when there was um, a lot of rain, I can't remember, one or two years ago, uh, you saw food prices go up. There were shortages, shortages, uh, especially in the UK, uh, that were even more impacted uh, because of their supply chain. So you also need to think you cannot do everything. So all these complications of how, where do we grow what food? How do we limit the uh, the damages? How do we repair what we have damaged? Um, how do we? Uh, make sure that no one goes to bed hungry. There's still 800 million people that go to bed hungry while we throw away collectively 30%. So there's so many topics, but I believe we can only work on it if we collaborate and, 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 and support each other. And that's why um, inspiring people to, to do things in that field is for me really important because there is so much to do and 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 using all the talent there is to to address these things i think for me is really really important and with your current wisdom and what advice would you give the younger elise back in the day to do things maybe differently oh I, I don't know. I I, I I think in a way, uh, everything you do shapes you as well, right? So it, it, I, I don't know. Then then maybe there were also certain things you, you would not have known 
Um, but what I like is I saw uh, a, a presentation of Emmanuel Faber. I don't know. He was the old CEO of Danone. And he said a few, he said a few things that really resonated with me. Uh, so rather than me giving my younger self advice, I think his words would be great advice for my younger self, but maybe other people. And one he, he said um, is stay free. His advice is stay free. And freedom for me is an important value. So stay free is uh, don't do things for power or money or anything. Because once you're hooked to that, you're hooked, right? And it's very difficult. It, same as if you're in a job. It's, it's, it gets more and more difficult to, to change. So stay free, at least in your mind, so that you're not, so that you can, can make changes where it's needed. Um, um, one of the things he also says is always follow your values. And I think this is critical. I, of course, you, you, I think I tried to do it always, but it was not always easy. And, 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 and I think the more you learn about it, you also think, ah, maybe there I compromise things, but then, then, then you stay authentic. And, and I, I think that's really important. It doesn't mean it's always easy because you maybe need to say no to certain things, but it's, it's very important. Then what he mentioned is stay at the front, not at the center, because nothing happens in the center. And I thought that's so smart. You know, you, you when you start, maybe you, you want to be more at the center. It's comfortable, you know, and it's difficult to be at the at the front. But that's where that's where things happen. That's where you can 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 change. And then the last one is stay uncomfortable. This is something I also had to learn, I think, because um well, it's not that I, I like the freedom and with freedom comes uncomfortable situations sometimes. You know, if you move to different countries or, um, yeah, you're always uncomfortable in a certain way. But um, I think no one had ever told me that from a young age, you know, like you need to stay uncomfortable because that's where you learn the most. Um, so I, that, that advice I would give myself to be more uncomfortable rather than comfortable um so i i um yeah when he said that i thought yeah i can pretend that i said it to myself but no these were his wise words and i i wish i had known some of these things or maybe you know them but 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 maybe you don't you're not ready yet to to listen to them maybe you know them but maybe you're too yeah, maybe you're not brave enough or maybe let, let's talk about myself. Maybe I wasn't brave enough to always listen to that and maybe you get braver over time. This uh, tradition here in the podcast that the previous guest leave a question to the coming guest. And in this case, uh, our previous guest was a person that also has developed uh, a mentorship or, or consultancy role and he had this question challenge for you it's often real meaningful innovation comes from outsiders and not from the, esta the establishment despite the fact that outsiders actually do not have the same resources as the establishment does my question to you is how would you in your position go about uh, driving meaningful innovation how would you help help these outsiders to do this knowing that they don't have the the resources that the, the other uh, 
yeah, bigger corporates have? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. I think being outside gives you the freedom also to do stuff. Being in a corporate, uh, sometimes uh, good ideas get killed through the system because there is no machine to make it, because there is no time, there is no budget, or it's not in focus, or great ideas get killed because of all kinds of reasons. So the advantage of being outside is that things can flourish and develop outside the, the, the sort of establishment. And then, of course, um, there are ways to get funding. If you have a great idea, um, um, hopefully funds will come. And maybe this is a bit more challenging time, but uh, I believe there's still money for, for, for great ideas and also that serve a, a specific need. So, um, And then, of course, if things are really you know, have an, an edge or are, have a technological advantage, but they also um, um, add, they, they serve a need and things start to work, then, yeah, what you see happening is also that big corporates um, incorporate these, um, these, um, these startups because they, they would probably, um, yeah, they would probably... Yeah, they, they need others to develop it because it, it would not work in, in, in the system. There would be too much resistance or, um, yeah. So I, I think in the end, they, they play a different role. One can accelerate uh, in terms of speed and the other can accelerate in terms of scale. So you probably need, at certain phase, you, you need, more scale and then bigger corporations can help but there is definitely advantages of, of developing things outside in terms of speed and freedom to 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 go about it um and not being bogged down by uh, by a system there's this other tradition that we always have and that's actually also the end of this conversation what is your favorite food or dish? Oh, my favorite food. Um, oh, that's very difficult to choose. Huh? But um, I have to say, I always think in what could I eat for a long time? Yeah? Because there are certain things that I can eat. But I think if I had to eat it every day, maybe uh, maybe it gets a bit boring. But um, I think Italian food with a lot of fresh vegetables um, I, and, and really pure ingredients. What I like about it is the simplicity, that with a few ingredients you have a lot of taste. So I would say Ita most Italian dishes score really high on my, on my list. But I, I don't know. I, I like to explore new things and, and some things are very... Local. I, where are you from, Andres? I am from Spain, from the southeast of Spain, Alicante. Ah, okay. But then, do you do you know a bit Catalan food, or? Of course, I I lived there for three years. Ah, yeah. Okay, so there you had. I really liked Escalivada. You ah, know that? Yes, yes. Really nice. So it's very simple uh, with aubergine and uh, pepper and onions, but everything the, roasted so, and, <laughs> and everything roasted, and then you peel it and you mix it, and with a lot of olive oil, 
and that's stuff that I only learned to eat while I lived there and and uh, now I I make it myself but the, the beauty is that I think the majority of food I have not even eaten right yeah. because you you have not been to everywhere in the world so uh, I hope that maybe the best dish is still to come thanks Hunter. Well, uh, Elise, thank you for your time. Uh, it's been a super nice conversation. You gave a lot of really nice insights with great examples. And we're really happy to have you here. I uh, hope that it's been the same for you. I don't know if you want to leave anything like people to approach you in like in your LinkedIn or, no, or a I last mean, message. Yeah, I... Yeah. Oh, last message. I, I, I have talked so much already, so there's a, a lot. I, 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 um, I want to thank you guys. I think it was really nice. I, I really applaud what you're doing. I think it's very brave, and um, I, I, I like all these new initiatives and, um, um, yeah, where new ways to to address topics or to to reach people. So it's. Uh, it it was my pleasure to to be on board, and uh, I I hope you uh, yeah you will have a lot of more guests to uh, to grow your own personal brand as a as a as a duo in this in what you're doing. But uh, I, I keep up the good work, and yeah, people can can reach me. Uh, I'm 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 um, you can find me on LinkedIn, and uh, that's probably the easiest way to uh, to connect with me. And I always like to connect to new people and learn about new things. So happy to, uh, to talk to others. Yeah.